Hello you, welcome to episode 71 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, Esquire Jr. And him, um, Renfrey Dedman Senior Esquire Jr. Oh, I certainly hope I'm not a senior. I don't know about senior that. Senior Esquire Jr.? Uh, but, but how does that work? I, I, don't, don't, know. I don't understand family no. stuff. <laughs> I don't understand family. I don't. I often... I often don't understand families either. <laughs> no. um, but we've all got them, haven't we? Hey. 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 They're like wow. arseholes, aren't they, family? No one wants to meet yours. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Um, uh, it's getting there, isn't it? It is. Yes, we want to say Merry Christmas. This is the start of the excitement of Christmas, the Christmas period, I think, which is like, you know, the, the time where we do a bunch of stuff. So on the show this week is the first thing we're going to be doing, which is our albums of the year, 2019. Part, part one. one. From numbers 20 to 11, me and Renfrew were discussing our favourite records in those numbers. Because we're in, in descending chronological order. Insane. Right? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> uh, we're ex- insanely extensive about this kind of thing. Yeah, so it's a two-parter. Um, I got my, If you're watching on YouTube, got my Christmas tree up. It's very um, quaint. Thanks, mate. I like that. Um, Emily, my girlfriend, described it as... The gaudiest Christmas tree she's ever seen. Wow. Now, I think that's fairly subdued and demure compared to, <laughs> man, you should have seen the fucking Christmas trees my mum used to put up in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Every single colour of the rainbow, as <laughs> God and a good society intended it. Like a pride Christmas tree. Well, just lots and lots and lots of colours and really no kind of rhyme or reason to it. I know some people are very like, spe- sort of specific about their Christmas tree. Not me. Um, I can give a toss. Just nah, put it up. Put, put it up. Get it up. Um, I don't even have tinsel. I've got this stuff. It's called gecking. Gecking? Nah, Are you it's sure not, it's called gecking? I'm not sure. I've forgotten what it's called. I'm not sure it's, it's called not what it's called. Anyway, my Christmas tree's up if you're on the YouTube channel. I'm sure Bonjour will pop up at some point yeah. as well. So bonjour go over to our YouTube up. page. Cheers to our friends at musicism.net. 50% off in the code. They do things. Uh, they're good <laughs> friends of ours. We got, Just listen to last week's podcast and I'll do it properly. Right? I can't be <laughs> fight this week. We've got a very lot of shows show to get through. So we're doing uh, albums... Of the year, 20 to 11 this week. Albums 10 to 1 next week. The week after that, we had a spare week. So we're going to do something we've never done before, aren't we, Renfrew? Yeah, we are. Um, we are going to do a lovely Q&A uh, because we don't really do that on no, here, do a we? A lot of other music podcasts and YouTube channels allow you to ask some questions. And we don't... To ask really... the talent questions. <laughs> yeah. And we don't really do that. So we're going to do that. And then... Because we're obnoxious shit. That's right. Correct. Um, um, and then the week after that something will be going out which is actually getting recorded a week from no three when, days three days well a week from, from when now. we were from yeah, right yeah, now yeah, yeah but they don't need they to don't know, know that, that do they? yes in three days time so the 9th oh, of december monday the 9th of december we are having the riot act big fat alternative quiz of the year two now tickets are still available tickets are still available so we'd love everybody to come down and have a lovely time with us you can go to riotactpodcast.com slash christmas to get your tickets for the uh event i have booked a theater which i'm realizing is too big but that's fine come down and it'll be amazing because there'll be can we promise free mince pies oh Mm. absolutely there's going to be mince pies excellent yes we can do that it's going to be great we have um booked guests in fact you should probably know who the guests are by this point but i don't know should i say them or should i well you're gonna we will have go on our on our twitter page and we will have drip fed who the guests are that's exactly the terminology i used uh and that is in the future as i sit here now (laughs) 
but in the past as you listen to it. Yeah. Uh, it's hard, isn't it? We should just get a live. We should just do this live, I reckon. Just put it out live from now on. Hey, the Big Fat Quiz of the Year 2 alternative will be live for the people who attend. So come down and it'll be fucking ace for you people because it'll be live oh. and you won't have any of this time travel nonsense. I hate the media. Rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, things were simple. We just threw rocks and that was it. I remember throwing rocks, yeah. <laughs> you just walked around and kicked things around. <laughs> Yeah. It's quite vague what I'm sort of trying to remember <laughs> here, but yeah, I've got a lot on my mind at the moment. Oh, boy. Um, right, before we kick off into uh, the albums of the year, uh, I went to see A the other day and you went to see Cult of Luna on the same night. Who made the correct choice, I wonder? Shall me. we find out? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was me. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It was me. You haven't even heard what I've had to say yet. Don't need to. Go on. Tell us. All right. Well, look, it was the bill of the year, as far as I'm concerned. So it started with A.A. Williams. Yes, please. A in 68, I think. <laughs> Can't really top that, can you? Sure. Well, A.A. Williams covered How Ace of Buildings in full, so, you know. Yeah. No. They're going to be doing that next, I think, because they did Monkey A versus Monkey Kong. Yeah, to. they've done Hi-Fi Serious already. Yeah, not the best album. Nah. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. not even the second. It's not even the second best A album. The first mm. two are the best two. We all know where you come for a controversial opinion, and it's not controversial. That is not controversial. (laughs) Anyone who knows anything about A knows that A versus Monkey Kong is the best A album, and How Ace of Buildings is the second best album. Nobody likes Hi Fi Series. No real people (laughs) like Hi Fi Series. I think this is a generational thing because they just like nothing, and they don't mind Starbucks, and they (laughs) bought the album, and they went. The last song's good. It's about the sea. What's that? Uh, The sea song. Don't know. Uh, anyway, since I've jumped in, uh, 68 were great. And you sort of <laughs> insinuated last week that people wouldn't get 68. Well, I thought I fucking thought... loved them. Oh, good. I, I was under the impression that A's crowd wouldn't get 68 at yeah, all. Yeah, that's because you're thinking of A's crowd as the A's hi-fi serious crowd. Whereas this is a, <laughs> a versus Monkey Kong crowd who are into all <laughs> kinds of things. Uh, rival schools supported A back in the day. Yeah, uh, they've had loads of great support bands over the years. All right, look, I don't want to do do a disservice to A. I think I do actually think they're really good. I saw them live with Hell Is for Heroes and Vex Red yeah, uh, a couple of years ago, and I really enjoyed it. Really so, good, you know. Sixty eight were brilliant. Um, they made a hell of a lot of noise, and during the last song, one thing I thought was excellent. Like Josh is so it's such a weird little band. They sit up yeah. right next to each other, just drums and guitar and the microphone, basically right next to the. Uh, the bass drum and Josh started taking the drum kit. We kind of recorded a little bit uh, on his guitar and it just, this riff went over and over and over again. And then he dismantled the drum kit while the drummer just carried on playing. So it was just a snare and then they just went bash. And that was it. I thought it was excellent. It's really, really good. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, They've been, um, Oh, shaky in the past. Yeah. I've seen them. They've not been great, but they were very good the other day. That's good. Good, mm. because if I'm totally honest, I adore that band. Go to our... Uh, uh, we don't have time for this. We okay. definitely don't have time for this. All right. Uh, go on. <laughs> go on me. about like, Hey, remember, like, A were really, really good. They played A versus Monkey Kong in full, which is the best album. It does dip a little bit towards the end, but they still look exactly the same as they did 20 years ago. It's quite incredible. And then they came back on, they did a great hit set. I bet Dan P. Carter looks different. Dan P. Carter wasn't in the band, isn't in the band anymore. That was the joke. Right, okay, yeah. Dan P. Carter does it different. And he doesn't look like Dougie from McFly anymore. (laughs) He's an annoying prick and was in them for a bit. Now he's just got a normal bass player. Normal, just a bass player, not some fucking cock. And um, they sound and look exactly the same. And those songs are kind of so weird that they're kind of oddly timeless. And then they came on, did Foghorn, Nothing, Starbucks, Something's Going On. 
really, really good. Just an incredibly fun, fun, fun night. Didn't, so didn't do the sea song though. Nope, that's a shame. So I thought they were excellent. Could Cult of Luna top that, Rimfrey? Yes. Could they top um, I love Lake Tahoe. Yes. Um, a. a. Williams started, and and I mean, this is like the eighth time I've seen her this year i think in fact i've only started seeing her this year so yeah it's ridiculous i'm basically becoming her mascot and um, she was wonderful as usual i find that she gets better and better every time i see her live particularly i get more and more excited for the material which is not yet out which i feel like i kind of know now having gone gone see her tons and tons of times but um she got a really good response and a really decent crowd who were quiet and respectful which is nice um because that's not always the case with that kind of thing um brutus just kind of showed why they are one of the best bands of best new bands of this year i think once mm-hmm. again just started with war still think that's my favorite song of the year uh, and we are towards the end of the year now so i can say that quite comfortably now um and i just absolutely love it and yeah i mean they've i've, I've seen brutus a lot again this year so you know they didn't do much different from what i've already seen a lot but it's never a chore to see that band they're just fucking brilliant as usual um cult of luna were just hypnotically wonderful i mean usual kind of cult of luna thing where they're surrounded in smoke and you can't see them at all um but somehow just i found them mesmerizing you know the way that that album doesn't feel like it's a whole disc you know it's like 79 minutes long or whatever it's they're just as mesmerizing live yeah they did loads of the uh, stuff from the new album, including the Silent Man and Night Walkers and Lights on the Hill, the really uh, long one in the middle, it's about fifteen minutes long, and the Fall, um, plus a couple from Vertical, and then fuck, I think it was one more from Somewhere Along the Highway. So it was very new album centric, but that wasn't a problem at all for me. I really, really adore that new record, yeah. um, as we will be discussing next week next week uh <laughs> um so yeah they were mes- mesmerically brilliant yeah, have you seen cold luna much yeah i've seen them a bunch of times mm. not as much fun as they but very good nonetheless <laughs> i mean a different type of fun different type of fun of course yeah but um i, I love them we i should ge- mention i super, jest I we guess. should mention super quickly that um a special on cold of luna i sat down with johannes person the uh uh, lead singer and guitarist of Cult of Luna, and that has gone up on the old. Um, I was going to say YouTube. It hasn't gone up on YouTube. Just in, just gone up. It's gone up in the ether, uh, and you can listen to that now. So check that out as a special. Nice, good. All right. Well, let's talk about the best things of this year. The best music of 2019. Oh, I, I was going to say I've only done the best music. I haven't done the best mm. things. Well, it's music and Del Boy falling through the bar. <laughs> That's basically covers everything. Is that it? really as good no. as people say it is? Not really. No. It's fine. Um, it's fine. Uh, it's about as good as that. Um, cannabis, not cannabis, of course, the Cattle Decapitation album. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well, um, Renfrey, before we kick off, uh, 2019 as a year how would you surmise it how would you sum it up is it been a good year for music well it's an interesting one isn't it because we had we had a lot of people who listen to this show I feel say that oh it's been a really slow year for music hasn't it and it certainly started as one and at the beginning of the year it did look like that it might be a bit of a damp squib but I feel like um, particularly sort of the summer period and 
September, October kind of thing, even November to an extent, mm. have really ramped up and it's become quite sickeningly ridiculous um, this year. Obviously, we're now kind of operating on a broader palette of stuff, which is forcing us to listen to far broader things. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm finding it ridiculously difficult to keep up with everything at the moment. Like there's so much that's coming out. Having said all of that, um, I found this year particularly difficult to order. I always find it really difficult to order records. Um, how do you, for example, compare the national to Herod, you know, they're completely different records. So how do you kind of put them in a, in a ranking? So it's always difficult, but I find, I found it particularly excruciating this year. I don't know how mm. you feel about that. Yeah. I think this has ended up out of nowhere being a really, really great year for music. I think it's actually, when I look at some of the stuff which hasn't made my 20, I was, was going to say, I have a bubbling underlist. Do you have a bubbling underlist? I've got a lot of records that have not made my top 20 that I think in most years probably would. Same. Do you, um, do you want to run through those now? They kind of feel like spoilers a bit okay. at this point. Do you yeah. not think? Yeah. Because yeah. if people know that they're not going to be in there, they probably will be able to work out if they listen to the show a lot what will be in there. So I actually think That's annoyingly true. maybe before we get to our number one pick, we can go honorable mentions hey that it's not like a bad the, idea the best time to do it so we'll do that next week um i think it's been a really really strong year um again i didn't think it was for at least the first four months of the year i was really like oh this is going to be a bit of a non-event when it comes to picking albums of the year and it's actually ended up being really strong to it the point was. where there are records that i said i can guarantee you this will be like i said in kind of march april time this will be in my top 20 albums of the year or top 10 albums of the year i think i even said yeah. for some of them that haven't made it in at all there's quite weren't even close to make it in as well there's quite a few of those i do remember we did the periphery record quite early on mm. and uh you know we haven't seen each other's list so we don't know but um i i can I, I remember saying that this this periphery might uh, might make my top twenty. You yeah, know, it's a good record. It's a very good record, and um, wasn't even close really. Mm. So, um, so I don't think you can say it's been a bad year. But I will say that I don't think there's been many like releases where you go, oh my god, that's outstanding. See, I'm I again, I might have agreed with you up until maybe a couple of months ago. In fact, I have, I think the thing I've struggled with the most this year, normally you get to kind of 15, 16 and you go, oh, well, is that better than, oh, because I'm not really in, in love with this record. And I think I had a similar thing in 2016 when Disassociation by the Dillinger Escape Plan, All Our Gods of a Band, That's by Architects, uh, Oathbreak is Rare, Statue by Black Peaks and Stage 4 by Touche Amour all came out that year. Mm. And all of them, I was like, I just fucking love all of these records. I love them so much. And they were just swapping in and out of being my favorite mm. all year. Mm. And when I sat down to go, what is number one to sort of not one, you know, one to four, one to four, five, usually kind of take care of themselves. I think, I think you get, you think, you know, yeah, sort of quite easily. Most, most years I would say kind of 95% of the time, you know what your kind of number one's going to be, and then you sort of think, well, that would probably be two or three. Like, and and they, that part comes together fairly quickly. I have found ordering that top five 
really, really difficult this year. Interesting. Really, really difficult. I've actually found the sort of going down a little bit lower has actually been a little bit more uh, easier. What I will say as well is when you consider, I think the, the kind of the breadth of what the show has, uh, has taken on this year, I think when we first started, we were just still really covering similar stuff to, you know, Metal Hammer and Kerrang! Really. Yeah. yeah. Um, and trying to chuck the odd sort of, uh, uh, you know, classic artist in with it, you know, from outside of it, the Paul Wellers or yeah. Ian Browns or whatever, like what Echo and the Bunny Men, sort of chucking them in a bit. There was I, a clear statement to go into a ever so slightly different direction yeah. earlier this year wasn't there a conversation yeah. between us which some people may have noticed and may mm. not have, i don't mm. know yeah. and i think you know we've uh we've been uh, like personally speaking i feel like it's been harder because there are more things that i like i mean i just said to you before we started i do a top 20 for metal hammer yes only 10 so only half of the records in my top 20 for metal hammer have made it into this top 20 and <laughs> some of them have snuck in as well. Um, yep. So you know, it's it's a different, um, it's a different, it's definitely a different list. I think it's the most different my list from Metal Hammer to whatever personal one I do. It's the most different it's ever been. Yes. So if you have seen my list in in Metal Hammer, it's not it's not the same. Is it out at yet? all? I think it's out next week. Okay, in a few days. Um, uh it might be out actually by the time this goes out but yes so um what that has sort of said to me is that traditional you know we've said it quite quite a few times the the rock and metal world the sort of the 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 hard rock world has not had the best year i don't think and i stand by that even though there's a bunch of stuff which is kind of metal hammer friendly in my list i still think you know some of it sort of snuck in um and not all of it much of it is as high as it would be on you know in that other list i've just had a super quick count of mine and uh i have 11 Mm. that are the same but actually some of them are in slightly different order as well so Uh, because, well, I suppose we can say that we have to submit those Metal Hammer lists. Like, in October. Yeah, was it first week of October or last week of yeah. September, maybe even this week? I think this it was year. the middle of October. Yeah, Monday, yeah, the yeah, 9th yeah. of October. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so there's stuff, you know, yeah. there's, there's stuff that hadn't even been released, yeah. which is now in my list, which I, I hadn't heard, which yeah. might, you know, which may well have got into the, the Hammer list, but may or may not. But anyway, um, before we start, you want to give a shout out to a few EPs. I'm just going to say, there's been some really good EPs out this year, but the four that stick out for me the most, Can't Swim, uh, who we've yes. spoken about um, a bunch of times as a band, and they released a very sort of unusual, much heavier yeah. EP this year. Excellent EP. Um, Blood Command released mm-hmm. a super short EP. I've been a massive fan of them for a long time. Return of the Arsonist. Yeah, yeah. and two kind of young British bands, one called Vulture and one called Creature, who both released really, really cool. If you just like aggy as fuck hardcore and sort of screamy, gallowsy uh, or cancer batsy, yeah, um, you know, thick, riffy hardcore, those two bands are, are really good and they get it all done in kind of 10, 12 minutes, both of them. I have to confess, I still need to listen to those, which is irritating because I should be able to listen to them in uh, 12 minutes or so, but mm. it's been very busy. Um 
I'm really glad you said all those because um, those are that, those are some great picks, and uh, I have four totally different ones. So the Fox Jaw EP I thought this year was just fucking uh, yes. excellent. Do you know what? I forgot about that. What a dick. Hey, it happens. Uh, a playground for sad adults. The title is the worst thing about it. Um, but the actual EP itself is just fantastic and just shows a really promising new band from Bristol. Hooray, Bristol. Um, and I believe, I hope I'm not giving anything away, but I believe they're doing a debut next year, a debut mm. album, which is going to be super cool. Physics House Band, that um, oh yeah, I like that as well. uh, Death Sequence EP was mm-hmm. just like one of the best things they've done. I think it's just absolutely crazy, mad, Froggy, uh, infused, jazzy jams. Mm. Um, Sewer, the No Show EP. We didn't do it that long ago. No, we didn't, did we? Um, but I just think they have a really good sense of brilliant, brilliant songwriting, um, but brilliant kind of classic songwriting and the way that Anya and Christina play off of one another vocally like there isn't really a lead vocalist um, but they take on this dual vocal role and it was that kind of PJ Harvey meets sort of a scuzzier punkier kind yeah. of thing it just it's just cool it's really really good, yeah, it's good again I imagine they'll have a debut full length next year um, but then I mean for me it's just I said at the beginning of the year that nothing was going to beat it it's that AA Williams EP well I kind of left that to you actually because I knew you were going to say it but Hello. yes I, I think like if we're having one uh, sort of communal Number one best album, uh, best, best EP, EP of best the EP yeah. full right act for the year. I, I think AA Williams one. Yeah, I mean, I've still, I've, I've, I still listen to it regularly, not as regularly as when it first came out, but I still, it still goes on almost once a week, I'd say, um, and I absolutely love it. There was a reissue of it quite recently, which has some extra tracks and like a cover of Jolene by Dolly Parton, which is cool. Um, but as I say, you know, just from the live review that I did, the really exciting thing is her new stuff sounds even better. Mm. And I think it will be, you know, I think that album is going to be absolutely astronomical. Cool. Comes out, so. Well, there you go. Shall we commence with our list then? Yeah. Let's Who go. wants to go first? You um, I can go first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let me go first. All right. So my number 20 and uh, the hotly contested number 20 yeah this year like really really hotly contested and again i mean the way we reviewed it and the way i talked it up you would think this would feature pretty highly on you know the the sort of the the top end of this chart and it has dropped down a fair bit since i first got it and i know a lot of people will probably go yeah that's because the the production but i just ended up going you know who has written from all these twenty from all these kind of potential last one I can put in, who has written the best songs? And I just think Baroness on Golden Grey continue to write staggeringly beautiful, perfect songs. Mm-hmm. Um it has dropped a little bit when I consider I thought, you know, this will be a top five for me. Um I Is think, that what you said in the review? I think I did, yeah. I think I said, you know, this will be like right, right up there come the end of the year. Obviously it's not because it's number twenty, so you know, that goes to show that it has dropped a bit. And part of me was like, oh, maybe I should put somebody smaller in and somebody who needs a bit more, who could, you know, benefit more of a shout out rather than Baroness or an established band. Size but, book, yeah. you know, I can't lie. Um, I just think I would, I, I've listened to the, this record more than I've listened to any of the other ones. And there are certain moments uh, on this record. I mean, you know, throw me an anchor and then into I do any, I'd, um, I'd do anything is, I fail to see how 
you know, however you feel about the production or however you feel about Baroness of the Band, I fail to see how you can't be moved by that. You know, when they get it right, and I think they get it right more often than they don't get it right. Like, to be really, really honest with you, I don't think it's as good as Purple and I don't think it's as good as Golden Grey. I don't, um, Golden Grey, yeah, uh, Yellow and Green. I don't think it's as good as either of those last couple of albums. But, I mean... I think both of those albums are absolutely spectacular. I think they should be considered modern classics. Mm. And I think this is a slight drop-off. So Baroness are still an absolutely phenomenal, brilliant, wonderfully unique band. And I, I actually, I, I love a lot of the stylistic decisions that have been made on this record. I think they're really interesting. I think if they had to carry on, if they go even further down that road, I mean, one, they could be absolutely massive. And two, it could turn them again. It could turn them into a completely different band. Because when you listen to Red, yeah, you can kind of tell that the you know that it's the same band, but it doesn't really sound like the Baroness. You know, it felt like Yellow and Green was a massive kind of yeah, yeah, a significant step away. Yeah, Blue was fairly do. different, but yeah. then Yellow and Green was Whereas like, I, what? And, and I feel like this is. I mean, Blue would be the one that I. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, but you know, yeah, blue's probably the one that I go to the least, the least. I reckon. I think I agree with you actually. Yeah. But then blue is But it's really good. Great it's really good. Yeah. But it yeah. was a kind of it felt like a stepping stone onto yeah. yellow and I green, agree. which are absolutely fucking which is an insanely amazing record. Um so if golden grey becomes a stepping point onto something uh, even further on, then I quite. think we'll have like a proper, like legit album of the year contender. But as it is baroness still great but we'll have to make do with number 20 in my list one thing i will say about baroness super quickly i just think that um and i won't talk about it too much because i will be talking about them later is because i think i think all of their albums would get a shout amongst some of their fan base to be their favorite mm. baroness record so i mean yours is yours purple is that right uh yeah i think it is although i listened to I did listen, listen to Yellow and Green as a kind of comparative point. I, like, well, I put Golden Grey on about two months ago. Right. And I was like, because I just, we, we don't have enough time to listen to stuff that we want to listen to no, that much. No. So I put it on and then I put Yellow and Green and then Purple on straight after it. And I was like, Phew. when Yellow and Green went on, I was like, fucking hell. Like, yeah. No offense to this record, but that is yeah. like some fucking record. Yeah. Though. Yellow and green is the one for me. But right. I think you will find people who say red's the best. I think you will find people mm -hmm. who say blue's the best. Mm -hmm. Purple, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yellow and green. And I imagine people will say that golden grey is the best. There will be some, I would have thought. Yeah, maybe. Um, but um, yes, uh, very, very interesting album. Yeah. Um, so for my number 20, it was... Um, <sighs> It was kind of difficult, but at the same time, I knew I just had to give this album a shout out because um, even if you don't agree that it's the best album of the year, and I mean, I'm certainly not saying that because it's my number 20, mm. um, I think undoubtedly it is the most ambitious album of the year. And I do love to highlight that kind of thing. Yeah. It's only Mr. Devin Townsend, isn't it? With Empire. Ah, right. Okay. So... Is this is a really interesting one because I think when we came to review Empath, um, I'd had it a couple of months. I don't think you'd had it quite as long as I had. No. But it was definitely even after having it for a couple of months, it was like, how the 
fuck am I supposed to go in on this? Yeah. Because there is so much going on on that record. It's so vast. I think I said back in uh, March or April, whenever we reviewed it, it sounds like everything Devin Towns has ever done and yet nothing like he's ever done all at the same time, Mm -hmm. which I still stand by. Like, it sounds like a sort of culmination of his career and yet um, him going into totally different new territories, whether it be a sort of Sondheim-esque musical theatre direction with um, Y or he's done long songs in the past, but there was that, you know, 23 minute suite that basically finishes the record. Yeah, Yeah, just absolutely bonkers. Mm. I have to say, like, if I'm being totally, totally honest, having had it now for about 11 months, as as I'm talking now, um, I do think it's it's flawed. And I do think that the it's it's in mainly in the second half where it's flawed, and I think it's um, some of the more experimental elements. For example, Singularity, the twenty-three minute song, I don't think holds your attention for twenty-three minutes. If I'm totally honest, mm-hmm. but I just admire the fact that he's willing to go to those places, and he's gone so far, and he's pushed it so far, and you know he's playing with an orchestra. I mean, that's the thing. The, 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 all the orchestration that's in it that becomes like quite a small thing on this record it's so vast and it's so big and i'd also say when this album does get it right mainly the first half i think the first six songs are pretty flawless really um spirits will collide is just a song which will just always stay in like my best of Dev, devon townsend you know songs and it's just that classic thing that he does of being kind of um a word that i rarely use when i'm saying talking about stuff i like cheesy he's talking about love and like let love into your heart and stuff like this but he just does it in a way that makes me tear up and you know other artists who would talk in that way and in that manner can't do that and i I don't know what it is about devon townsend that bypasses my cheese barrier (laughs) but (laughs) oh dear but but he does you know he does um and that's a really, really good example of it. And then you have a song like Genesis, which is just like, just let's just throw everything, every kitchen sink into the pan and stuff like this. I just think it's an enormously ambitious album, which I thought, to be honest with you, might have been forgotten about a little bit from people, partly because it came out really, really, really early, but also because um, I think it's such a monumental task to review it. Yeah, It's probably... We've reviewed some really fucking hard records, but that was really hard, wasn't it? I mean, it we put it out as like a special yeah, um, for a couple of reasons, really. But one of the reasons was we're going to need quite a lot of time with this mm. because there's just so much going on on it. Um, and it really is a fascinating record. I don't, I don't think it's wonderful throughout. I don't even think it's his best record. I don't think it's, it's probably not even close to his best record, but it's so vast and so experimental and so interesting and when when i bemoan uh metal artists not experimenting and not trying new things devon townsend is one of the artists who is in yeah, my head absolutely bucks the trend of that doesn't he yeah. um cool all right well there you go devon townsend you're number 20 we're off and running renfrey my number 19 um couldn't we've you picked it quite perfectly because uh, it couldn't be much more different now there's a lot of things that i will say throughout this show and probably next week as well where i go you know i may not listen to that record this much but i'm just so in awe with 
the extravagant beauty of it or the like you say the kind of i really admire the places that they try and go to but sometimes i just have to be honest and go look this is my favorite albums of the year and sometimes just pure rock and roll no frills shit kicking riffs and melodies sound absolutely glorious to me and it's been a fucking great year for that type of music um and it really sort of kicked off as a great year for that type of music i think with this record and i'm fucking so glad that i that, well I, I chose it i'm not so glad they, <laughs> they, oh well done for getting i'm so glad they got in i put them in there um the wild arts renaissance men ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, great show, yeah. i love i mean i've always just loved the wild hearts um i think ginger is a, a phenomenal songwriter and you know he's someone who has worked with Devin Townsend and they actually, you know, you, you, you could listen to this album and you could listen to Empath and go, they don't have anything in common. They do actually, they have a lot of things in common, you know, in terms of the fact that they just see music absolutely without genres, that they just want to make music, which, you know, you talked about the euphoria of, yeah. of some of that record and, and, and then the cheesiness of some of that record as well. And the Wild Hearts do play very, very simple but unbelievably perfectly well written. It's just a thing. Again, you know, those classic rock bands, you said that Devin Townsend has this thing where he doesn't press your cheesy button and he managed to stay away from you feeling like that stuff is too cheesy. For every kind of boring classic rock band, you know, for every kind of Greta Van Fleet, every kind of slinky, hip shaking, or even, you know, boring old pub rock band who are kind of slogging through the motions. The Wild Hearts are the antidote to all of those bands. This record is so alive. Do you know what I mean? It's just so full of power and life and and, and feels like a real genuine fizzy throwback to the Ramones and the Runaways and the New York Dolls and ACDC and the the stuff that people loved about this type of music back in the day you know before it was uh, you know this is how you dress and this is how you look and these are how your songs should be presented and this is what they should sound like you know people loved raw frillless rock and roll who wouldn't people who could make write great songs and i'm not sure anyone's written a better song than diagnosis this year Mm. Like that song is absolutely brilliant from the feeling it gives you from the, the actual music and particularly the sentiment of it. Mm. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, a song that says you are not defined by your mental illness. You are not defined by your depression. You are more than just a statistic in yeah. the register of, you know, the, the, a health service. You are a human being. Like, never forget that you're a fucking human being. Something that Ginger such knows a, a lot about. Yeah, well. something Ginger knows a lot about. And it just, it, like, the the passion in it is remarkable. I, I love this record. You know, I, I love, I'd say I love most of it. There's a couple of not so, like, towards can, the end. Can, not can so I jump great. on the diagnosis thing super yeah. quickly? Just as someone who, um, like, sometimes you'll have conversations with other people who uh, suffer from mental health issues or whatever. And there's this weird thing where you're trying to um, you're trying to empathize with one another and you're trying to be like, I know what it's like and I can understand how you feel. But then that sometimes that just makes you feel even more like another statistic like, yeah. or what everyone who has this thing goes through that that thing. So even when people are trying to be good, sometimes, unfortunately, this is just the way that mental health works and depression and the, the, just the mind numbing shit that it just it throws a lot of um, 
crap your way and makes it very difficult to see anything in a positive light but um i think of that when uh uh ginger is singing that song and, and live particularly mm. have you you've seen uh, it i've live? seen it i saw them at bloodstock and they played a few you know oh, to, nice. to a scandalously small crowd yeah um but you know songs like dislocated let them go yeah my kind of movie like that you know they're just they're, they're just like somebody popping the cork on a big fucking bottle of beer on the football terraces and shaking it all over the place and people just like you know it's it's simple music but it's so expertly perfectly written and performed um yeah this album's amazing i think it's, it's diff- so great it's difficult to put into words what makes ginger better than the other classic rock um sort of throwbacks isn't it but yeah sort of well i don't know i mean i think it's it's quite simply just better songs that what the better songs are delivered with people aren't stupid people can see honesty and and, and integrity and yeah you know there's nothing false about the wild hearts there's no pretense about the wild yeah. hearts the wild hearts are what they are and there are a lot of bands that do that and can't write good songs and there are a lot of bands who write all right songs but it's all about like you know a, it's a stylistic stylized thing yeah you know i like that first darkness album obviously like the darkness is great but people didn't like them because they felt like it was all a bit man not manufactured but they felt like it was all a bit um staged and it was kind of it lacked uh, a sort of gritty realism which i don't which not i don't think you could ever accuse the wild hearts of doing and that's not a slight on the darkness at all who are great but i think i think that turned out to be fairly unfounded as well yeah anyway, with the darkness, but, but yeah. um but the wild hearts really are uh you know a a proper just fucking rock band yeah agreed great band great record good shout um okay my number 19 something totally different once again um and something which um yeah again a lot of people might have forgotten about um the pirate ship quintet emitter Mm. uh so this is the i think oh is it six piece bristol based expansive kind of post rocks my first post rock entry yeah um slash i mean i think you do need to put this into the broadly neoclassical sort of um stylings as well mm. i remember bringing it in and being uh really nervous about bringing it to you and then being very pleasantly surprised that you were really into it yeah it's good um Not what is is good yeah it's very very good it's their first album in seven years and it has i mean the album to me I didn't, I think at the time I was just like, this is just a really cool post-rock album. And, and you know, I'm not going to lie as well. Part of the reason I put it in as well is because they're Bristol lads. And I was like, hey, there wasn't a lot going on at that time as well. And um, one of them went to my school. Uh, so, <laughs> so I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll chuck it in. Um, but it's actually um, got, it's got a pull on me far more than I realized that it would. I feel like the more I listen to it, the more it feels like a really interesting hybrid of mogwai's come on die young and slint's spiderland and but just sort of fed through a godspeed you black emperor filter um which is going to be a very specific style of post-rock that people like and and what i would say that style is is quite languid it's quite slow um it does take a long time to build and there aren't many sort of explosive moments, but then when there is an explosive moment, it really, it's really been earned. Mm. Um, but this is sort of glacial in a weird way. It, it could um, it could be the soundtrack to like a Scandi noir um, 
uh, uh, thriller or something like that. One yeah. of those like BBC Four things that you you see. I watch all the time, hmm. um, but it has that kind of really there's a lot of strings in it and it's very very emotive i think i made an argument at the time for like the strings in it almost being the voice of the yeah you did say that i think yeah, yeah of the of the album and i think it's just it just shows the power of i think to anyone who says that instrumental music can't be emotive in any way sense or form you know in any way you just have to listen to this record and it's just total nonsense. Like I, I find this really, really, really moving. And actually I have to say like a couple of weeks ago, I was um, painting my mum's bathroom. Right. And that was, you know, I had all sorts of feelings going on as part of that. And I just put this on and I have never been so emotional painting a room <laughs> before in my life. It really just got to me. It really hit me how much and this album has stayed with me the whole year i go back to it um it's not like the kind of record that i listen to i won't listen to it like seven days on the trot kind of thing but i will go back to it weekly mm. there's just something about it that just pulls me in and i find it really really cathartically emotional and really very 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 beautiful um and yeah and i was really pleased to i mean I, i'm not expecting this to pop up in your list or anything like that but i was really pleased at how well you responded to it as yeah. well because i i was expecting a bit of a fight with it <laughs> and it didn't happen at no. all you know it felt like a i don't know almost like a turning point in your post yeah yeah i like that record actually i do yeah. i mean i've not listened to it uh, i think i've listened to it a couple of times since actually but not much but it is the sort of record that i mean there are days where if I go to bed really late, I'd like to, I like to put something on which I feel like I don't need to sing along to, or yeah. I won't tap my foot along to, or I can just sort of allow to wash over me, but that will hold my attention. Do you know yes. what I mean? So I don't yes. really want to fall asleep to it. Yes. Cause there are records you can put on, you go, Oh, I can fall asleep to that. Like Alice in Chains, you know, I've, I, if I want if I'm feeling ill in bed and I just want to go to sleep, I put on that like, Alice in Chains unplugged and I just feel like even that's kind of darkly soothing. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas this mm -hmm. isn't really that it's still kind of, it still takes you, it still kind of holds your attention, but it doesn't really ask much more of you than to have your attention. And I think, you know, yeah. that's probably something that I've come to understand more about instrumental music as we've done this podcast, that actually, you know, trying to find hooks and trying to, you know, just you, you, you find a different discipline of listening to stuff. And yeah, it's not always, I, one thing that you said not too long ago was like, it's not always about having an individual song, which is, mm. and like, I couldn't, like I know this has nine songs on it and they're split up into like short song, really long song, short song, really long song, short. But I, I couldn't tell you which song is my favorite because I just view the whole thing as one piece of music. really. Yeah. Um, but I it, it does. Yeah. That, that whole thing of like it, it, you have to have a certain amount. It's relaxing. You know, it's really, really, really beautifully relaxing and really beautifully melancholy. But sometimes that's what you want whether you're just going off to drifting off to sleep or you know this is like a train album this is an album to just sit and watch beautiful scenery preferably scandy scenery just rolling by the window you know it's that mm. kind of thing um and i just love it and it's stuck with me a lot more than i thought it would so cool yeah all right good okay um my number 18 now this is where speaking of things that I you never expected to be in, in my, my top 20, um, I got downed. I had my top 16, right? Mm -hmm. 
and then I had a group of albums, probably probably about fifteen to twenty albums that I thought I'm going to have to pull four of these out, and they will make up the top twenty. But when I did that, I also thought oh, I might go back and listen to. Yeah, I didn't mind that. Let me give it another listen. I didn't mind that. So I picked yeah. a few others that I didn't mind listening yeah. to, and one of those records has ended up being my number eighteen, which I didn't even. I, you know, I didn't expect it to, but it's just been, again, a record that has completely stayed with me all year. And again, I totally unlike the record we were just talking about. Um, it's not a challenging record. It's not a difficult record, but the soothing familiarity of it. And just as someone who loves what Bob Mould has done throughout his career. Oh, yes. Sunshine Rock by Bob Mould yeah. might be the nicest thing on either on on either of our lists, yeah, I think. possibly. It prob- um, this is was one of my bubbling unders, so I'm yeah. really pleased you've put this in. Yeah, I mean, I kind of I I I've been listening to this record all year, as have I, and it's you know, um, particularly during the summer months. I mean, there's a period, obviously, <laughs> during the summer. It came out in like February, didn't it? It came out in February, and I thought, what a weird time Wrong to put this record time. out. Like, what a weird <laughs> time, but you just think like, oh, imagine what it's going to be like in the summer. Yeah. And then I thought with everything, oh, I'll probably have forgotten about it by the summer, and thusly, I will have forgotten about it completely. Yeah. But it stayed with me yeah. for the entire year, and it's even sort of stayed with me. I mean, I listened to it a lot to try and cheer myself up when I was feeling a bit grumpy during the summer. Yeah. And it did sound... In that context, totally beautiful, you know, um, really, really lovely. And, you know, it is the Bob Mould album where he said, I want to write a happy record. I want to write a record about love. I want to write a record about warmth. And, you know, so many of these songs like Sunny Love Song, um, you know, I Fought, Camp Sunshine, Send Me Me a Postcard. It's just like so fucking great. He's Um, so good at that as well. And the title track as it opens it just... You know exactly what you're getting from yeah. the second those chords come in on the title track. This is this is alternative rock. Yeah. This is kind of yeah. like yeah. sunny, sh- sunshiny alternative rock um, that used to be huge. Used to be a massive, massive thing. D- sunny sh- uh, alternative rock done better than the majority of younger bands trying to do mm. it at the moment. You know, as well. Yeah. And Bob Mould's uh, in his 60s. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's... So I was just saying earlier, he's so good at that sunshiny, happy, happy stuff, which mm. you wouldn't have necessarily got from Husker Do. No, uh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but like, I'm getting to the stage with Bob Mould now where I'm wondering if a lot of his solo stuff I prefer to Husker Do. I think I said that. You did, time, yeah. In the review, you know. Yeah. And yeah, Sunshine Rock is a brilliant example. I mean, it's one of his best records, I think. It's a great record. I mean, it's a really good record. And it's one of those records that it's so simple, so unassuming that I just thought, well, no, you know, there are some much worthier, harder, more challenging, more cooler records Weezer. that I could have picked. Weezer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I could have picked this year. There are, you know, there are a whole bunch of them. There are even yeah. records that I have talked up massively in a similar style to this mm. um puppy without kind of said i wasn't going to go into too many but puppy the puppy debut album is great but if you get said do you want this or the puppy record i mean oh, I, I would take this yeah i would as you well. know and and that's again that's no slight on puppy but yeah. i think you know it's just he is again the, the I, you don't have to be young and exciting to write music like this you no. can be 60 and you can find 
the thing that makes these songs glow and it's such a great record i just you know i could have picked something much like weirder and cooler but i've got to be honest i've listened to this record as much as maybe there's not many records that come out this year that i've listened to more than i've listened to this one Mm. and Mm. i get the same level of enjoyment from the second act like bah that snare comes in from the first track yeah you're in you're in you're in a sunny you're on the beach aren't you? you're in a field you're in a lovely summery field and that i think records that can transport you like it's fucking yeah. horrible outside it's exactly what i, I put it on to today <laughs> like it's fucking horrible outside but yeah. you do that and it, everything feels brighter in the world and that's a real skill i think records that transport you is exactly the phrase and sunshine rock um we've uh we don't want to bang on about it we've had some tough times this year sunshine rock has been one of the records that i can always go to to rely on making me happier yeah for sure so that's my number 18 sunshine rock by bob mold excellent choice my number 18 is uh curse these metal hands by pine and conjure is it yeah who would have thought that a silly muck around album (laughs) by two of the best metal bands in the uk right now would actually get into my top 20 Uh, probably the second best baroness album of the year in my opinion (laughs) um I just, I don't know. I like, obviously, uh, Pine and Condra are two of my favorite new bands, right? Yeah. So I did, I had high hopes, but I didn't really expect, um, I didn't imagine that it would be this good. You know, I mean, Spirit, that first, that opening song mm. is just, I've seen them live a few times this year now. And if you're not shouting, Spirit! you know during that bit where it all like cuts out and like it's it's just so cool to see a bunch of great musicians and brady having fun (laughs) you know like cutting loose and having fun and i love i love the fact that such a fun project came out of a festival which is routinely seen as dour and like mathy mathy math math mm. aka art tangent festival i think it's kind of proof that like that's not what it's all about i mean this has obviously there's the baroness comparisons but the other one that we made um <clears throat> was thin lizzy yes that's right there yeah. is so much thin lizzy on this record whether it was um on purpose or not i don't actually know i haven't really spoken to them about it but but then there's well, also you listen to me queen with screaming oh that's right yeah yeah, yeah of course that was one so. of our that was one of our episode titles yeah. as a matter of fact yeah i mean yeah i can kind of see that i do think i think thin lizzie's more accurate personally but i think yeah queen with screaming is just quite funny isn't it um but then there's songs like the the pal as well which is like or the paul i should probably say the paul shouldn't i um which is tall-esque you know it's in this really strange kind of i think it's six eight off the top of my head has a very tall-esque kind of spindly riff and and also just the fact that three of these songs are either over or near the 10 minute mark and uh, yeah near the 10 minute mark and none of them feel that long Mm. like this i mean it's it's only about 32 33 minutes this record in total but you put it on and i remember we were having this you know slight back and forth about whether this is an album or an ep yes we were um and i mean you brought that up but i thought fuck it (laughs) well well by the way brady went of course it's a fucking album so thank you very much but i i think i think there is enough on here to give this an album but at the same give this the album crown if you will 
but I, in a way it does feel EP ish because it just feels like it just goes so quickly every yeah. time you listen to it. It's like, well, it's just gone. It's done, you know, um, because it's so fucking enjoyable to listen to. Um, and yeah, I mean, I really wasn't, ex- I, I wasn't expecting it to get into my top 20. I have to say, especially, um, cause you know, we know those guys obviously and like hearing them, from the studio saying how it was going and all this kind of stuff. And they're very self-deprecating. Um, so it really did just sound like something that was going to be blinking. You miss it. And just, just one of those cool, I thought it was going to be one of those core cool projects, which you kind of listen to and you really like for a few weeks and then you just can't really be asked with it mm-hmm. anymore. Like I really want Kirsty's metal hands to continue doing stuff if they can and continue releasing records and continuing continue being a live band like alongside pine and Condra. i wouldn't want either of those bands to split up as a result but i would it would be brilliant if even if it was just once every like five years or something yeah it would be brilliant if that could continue to happen based on this album yeah yeah it's decent that <laughs> yeah okay. oh, I quite, no i like it i, I mean I, I to be honest i haven't really gone back to it that much okay but okay. I, you know, I, I, think I, I thought you were being quiet because I thought it might come up later, but no, 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 no it won't. Mm. Um, <laughs> 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 Fuck you, Brady. <laughs> um, okay, cool. But there you go. That's your number 18. Is that right? 18. 18. Yeah. yeah so yeah. my number 17, again, a bit of a run of similar type of music, really. Uh, it's more kind of happy, anthemic rock music this isn't you yeah is it because all the horrible nasty stuff's at the top yes yes yeah, okay. definitely yeah um <laughs> tough crowd by nervous oh nice now we have said um what a good year you know i think we spent the year going isn't it been a good year for that type of thing yeah. and there actually are a couple more of these records coming up later on it's a couple um, of mine yeah and um but but you know i've been really really into nervous since well, yes, it's permanent rainbow dropped. I love permanent rainbow. I think it's fucking brilliant. Yep. I think it's really great. Yep. And um, you know, then when um, what's the follow up to that one called? Hello. Oh God, everything dies. Everything dies. Everything dies. When um, everything dies came out, I thought, oh, that's a pretty different. Um, a bit still good, really good. Like I, you know, I think that. Do you think it was that different? I, yeah, I I think it was different enough to make me go oh that's certainly it certainly felt poppier and it certainly Mm -hmm. felt a bit broader Mm -hmm. was was how i felt about it um i I thought you know permanent rainbow did feel like i think permanent rainbow was done by m on her own in her bedroom yeah pretty much yeah Yeah. pretty much so um to be honest everything dies broadly was as well tough crowd is the first time they've gone into a uh, studio with a producer right okay and um you know the one thing that's different from the last year records that i was talking about I, mean, I spoke about um diagnosis but nervous are a political band a band with uh lots of very strong idealistic opinions and i like to hear that stuff yeah. w- whether i agree with it or not um I do for the most part anyway but um but uh, but you know M again writes really fucking brilliant songs and I love to hear her I love to hear a really fucking wonderful poppy melody and a really catchy tune and a really catchy chorus but made out of this like 
really kind of a narco punk ideology ideology right yes. i think that's really really fucking cool yes. like nervous could be such a great trojan horse in into the mainstream for so many like really interesting political ideas oh, and that's so true and yeah. i mean obviously you know i think the the music world feels totally terrified of people like m in the main at the moment i think the world probably would be sort of not want to hear the views or opinions of from someone like m either but um but i want to hear it and i think you know even someone like i think i said it before like i can't dance um which is not really well not even not really it's not a it doesn't seem to me to be a political scene it seems to be a kind of love song and it's just really sweet and i think there's a lot of layers to them as a band there's a lot of um there's a lot of different emotions and there's a lot of very strong emotions that kind of permeate throughout this record mm. and i know how the members of nervous feel about it they feel it's their best record yeah um i think it probably is yeah it probably is and having had it for a bit longer now because i did i still was like oh wow the thing is like permanent rainbow is just like such a great artistic statement i still uh, you know so is this and those songs are amazing and it's kind of different but not different enough to the point where i want them to go back to you know just play in your bedroom and be very yeah you know kind yeah. of that kind of isolated thing and um I just, yeah, I think this record is 10 really, really catchy, brilliant pop songs with some fucking, <laughs> some amazing, acerbic, rare, yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Um, it's just great. It just sounds great every time you play it. And I, it's had some stiff competition yeah, for has. this type of thing for this year. And I wondered... You know, I thought quite a lot of this stuff's going to make it into my top 20 and I wondered if this might kind of drop out. But if anything, it's kind of accelerated forward. Okay. And there's some bigger albums and bigger bands that it's um, that it's pipped. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I agree with uh, pretty much everything you're saying there. It, 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 this is another bubbling under one for me. It was It was pretty difficult to not put this in because i really wanted to um i think i think it probably is their best record um i think we both said during the review that permanent rainbow i feel like to me that permanent rainbow is my favorite but i do actually think that this is probably a better record mm. you know if that makes sense um and i do definitely feel like i'd be more than happy for them to continue in this kind of direction not that i don't think it's miles different from permanent rainbow but there is a there is a yeah i think it is broader and maybe even ever so slightly poppier but um it feels like i think everything dies was a really 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 good follow-up to permanent rainbow but it feels like they really hit it with tough crowd i definitely think that tough crowd is a stronger record than mm -hmm. um than everything dies um and yes it's just a phenomenal songwriter isn't it i mean we said before three for three like they haven't released a bad record and I don't Definitely really not. see Nervous ever releasing a bad record to no. be honest. No, me neither. Just one of those bands. Unless they go like Weezer and do some sort of weird unwanted electro pop album when they're hey. really old. Go on Em, I dare you. Um, my number 17 is in a very, very, very similar mould indeed. But oh, we're yeah. just going to pop over the pond to Toronto, Canada because my number 17 is Morbid Stuff by Pup. Right. Uh, good i'm glad that got in because 
that's one of the ones that didn't get into mine. <sighs> okay. And I thought, well, it will be Pup above Nervous and it might be Pup above a couple of the others. And actually, I f- it's great. It's a fucking it's great brilliant. record. But it just, I think Nervous, I, I, Nervous got in ahead of it. I would certainly say I think um, this album got in due to me seeing them live two weeks ago. Yep. Uh, that was definitely a massive help being because i hadn't despite loving it we've just been so busy you know september october november haven't really had an opportunity to listen to all that much um and returning from that electric ballroom gig i mean i put it on immediately and that's always a very good sign of a very good gig when you're you've just been listening to someone's music for 75 minutes and what do you do you go and listen to that i listen to (laughs) a versus monkey kong on the way back from Watching A play monkey for A versus Monkey Kong. Yeah, well, sometimes it's Stockholm Syndrome as well. But uh, (laughs) but, um, it's a perfectly fine album. Uh, It's not as good as Morbid Stuff, though, I don't think, A versus Monkey Kong. And (laughs) controversial opinion. That's mental. Um, I just, again, that whole thing that you were saying with Nervous, actually, about how um, the sense of humour with Pup is really at the forefront i think i think more so than with nervous as well there's more of a sense of fun which is maybe where maybe why pup got into mine and nervous didn't mm. i don't know but um there's just this kind of anarchic um playfulness um and but at the same time it's it's wrapped up in these really really poppy hooks but the stuff that they are singing about on this record, I mean, it's called Morbid Stuff for a reason. It's a yeah. really, really dark album. And we talked about, I mean, the thing that I think everyone always references when you're talking about poppy melodies with dark, dark stuff is early Weezer stuff. But, you know, I think this achieves it as well. Some mm. of the stuff that's being talked about. Um, and um, again, I remember talking about this in the review, but just like that album cover sums it up for me because you, you, glance at it and it just looks like a lovely party scene and then you look a bit closer and the kids who are playing musical chairs have knives in their hands and that's exactly what this record is to me it's like if you if you glance at it it's just a really nice fun record if you just have it in the background it's just it's just fun and cool but if you actually dive into it and get into it a little bit deeper you get far deeper resonances and far deeper kind of meanings from it um some of which are really acerbic and horrible like there's some horrible fucking shit on this record um but i love that i think it's just brilliantly brilliantly done and the fact that when i saw them at the ballroom a couple of weeks ago pretty much all of my highlights were songs from this record and they all sounded like they had been in the set for years and years and years um i do think it's pup's record i uh, pup's best record not just Pup's record. Huh. Um, I think I would go as far as to say that I think Pup have got better with every record. I think... I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I do agree, actually. I, th- I mean, this is why it's kind of weird that... Because the last one did get into my top 20 album mm. of the year and this one hasn't. Mm. But mm. then I do think this is a is comfortably a better record. It's a broader church, though, now, isn't it? Pretty yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I just... I, I, I feel like every album they release is just incrementally better i don't i don't it's not like oh it's miles and miles and miles better they've all been brilliant once again same with i've never even thought about nervous and pup being really similar i suppose 
I suppose I have. Well, yeah, they kind of are, aren't they? Um, well, actually, Nervous Support is pub on that first electric mm-hmm. ballroom day. I couldn't make the first one, unfortunately, but I was at the second one. Um, but um, yeah, I just, I just think they continue to get better. And on a third album, that's really exciting because if you look back to the sort of classic sort of Weezers, uh, that's quite rare. Yeah. As much as I adore the Green album, I think <clears> it's brilliant. I can't say it's better Maldroid's than... Maldroid's good as well, right? Maldroid's fucking brilliant, yeah. But mm. um, but I can't say that either Green or Maldroid's better than Blue or Pinkerton. No. It's a madness. All right, good. Well, that's uh, Morbid <laughs> Stuff by Pup. That's your number 17. Yeah. My number 16. We've already spoken about it, actually. And, I, you know, the, the happiness of my list or this sort of part of my list continues um, <laughs> because I've gone for Empath by Devin Townsend. Nice. Um, I kept pretty stum uh, when you were talking during that and you said some interesting things uh, and I agree with a lot of it. I mean, certainly the sheer breadth of this record uh, impresses me. The absolute um, wild abandon of what Devin is trying to do here really, really impresses mm. me. I think one of the things that impresses me the most is the fact that you get albums like Ocean Machine or Epic Loud and then you get Strapping Young Lad and he's kind of always kept those things fairly at Separate. arm's length yeah. from each other. Yeah. Um, and on this album, there's there's no... Do you know what I mean? There's no, like, heed paid to, oh, well, I can't do that because I'm sort of trying to do this. It's all in there. Like you say, every single kitchen sink has been thrown in. Um, one thing I wanted to add or kind of to retort to your it's patchy or there are bits on it that don't work um i watched uh and i kind of agree with you to a point as well i watched a documentary about monty python recently interesting and um they were talking about monty python's the meaning of life yes right now monty python's the meaning of life is always sort of considered post monty python holy grail and particularly life of brian a sort of seen as a quite a significant dip yes it is uh, a series of sketches and um uh, well actually uh, patchy is the word isn't patchy it? It is not it? how people would describe meaning of life there's some very very odd it opens with a really odd i think terry gilliam one which is where they're going yeah, through the, some buildings the, and the, the, the what's it called the anyway we don't have time to remember what it's called but then there's also the um is it mr creosote mr creosote yeah it's considered a classic yeah yeah, yeah it's loads of so um but one of the things that uh terry gilliam was being interviewed on it and he said somebody came up to him and said it's your best film and he was like oh no it's not it's got some of our best stuff in it but mm. it's really really patchy and when it's bad it's bad and he was like yeah but the patchy, like weird, shitty bits just enhance how brilliant the other bits are. So you need that kind of seesaw. Hmm. And although I wouldn't describe anything on Empath as shit, I think the kind of the bizarre tangents and twists and turns that this album goes on elevate the good stuff. Elevate the good stuff to the point where they feel so excited i mean you mentioned spirits will collide which is just fucking i like such an amazing amazing song in the top 10 songs of the year yeah it's so great and um you know they're they're like borderlands is over 11 minutes long yes it doesn't need to be over 11 minutes long no no (laughs) i mean that's even before we get into singularity which you know obviously i think singularity is 
I mean, this is, I think maybe this is the difference between you and you. I wouldn't change anything about Singularity, even at 23 minutes, okay. because the, just the, the dips are, the dips are necessary to me. The weird bits in it, the parts where you're like, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I, I kind of like this as the, it's almost the ultimate roller coaster of a record for this year. It's such, I can't disagree with that. It's such a roller coaster that there are times where you're like, Devin, what, what are you, are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you thinking? But I kind of love that. You know, the, the bits, you know, I, I'm, we're not power metal fans. No. There's power metal all over this record. Yes. There are parts that are so cheesy that you're just like, wow, where you're like, Devin, you need to chill the fuck out. But Which is not alien to what Devin's done in the past. No, no, at not all. at all. No, no. But um i think i'm probably less of a devon townsend fan than you i love ocean machine i love strapping young lad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i love i mentioned it earlier a particularly epic cloud whereas you know i had mm-hmm. um uh some of the other uh devon like key some of the other devon was it deconstructed deconstruction um, yeah. i had like a couple of them and they've never really been albums that i've gone back to very much whereas i kind of find myself like a jigsaw like somebody you know this is like the da vinci code to me it's like yeah i have to feel like i can piece it together and i've spent the whole year trying to maneuver this record and you know i i love fucking sixth and calculate infinity and you know some really really wild records yeah i'm not sure anything is wilder than this record i never know where it, it it knocks me for six every single time it's also so much more um diverse than a sixth and a dillinger i totally mm. understand that comparison i think it's yeah. totally valid but it's so much more diverse than, than those it's got um one of the devon records you didn't mention was ghost which is the really oh, yes. sort of ambient kind of new agey one i think he'd describe it himself as a new agey one mm. Um, brilliant record i think i love it but but there's those kind of bits in it as well and, and bits and pieces and like castaway and things like that um it is it, it's a phenomenal piece of work i think just as a massive massive devon fan i i i i feel he's done better records but not necessarily more experimental ones but it's so experimental and so bonkers i was like it definitely deserves a place it has yeah. to be in there yeah yeah, yeah. But, yeah. i mean that's but the i don't thing. disagree with you that's like, the thing it's above some records that are pretty straightforward oh god yeah and um and i've 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 put it in there that and i listened to bob mold nervous and the wild arts i've definitely listened to more than mm. i've listened to devon townsend yes. this year but when i put this record on it's I just find it so hilariously over the top and yeah. bombastic and exciting every single time. And, you know, I'm not, as I said, like, you know, I, if Devin Townsend was playing London before this record, I'd probably go, well, I see the supports are, I might go down if I'm not busy, but I wouldn't be like, oh yes. Like, not like if like Faith and the More have just announced some dates and it's like, well, I'm going to that. Like yeah. Pearl Jam, yeah. I'm, like, I'm going yeah. to see Pearl Jam. Yeah. Whereas Devin, you know, maybe not. Um, off the back of this record, I'm like, oh, I definitely, I have to, I definitely have to go because yes. I just want to see how he fucking tackles this. Yes, I I agree with that. And actually, one thing I will say, just like the pup record, so Devon Townsend, as we record this, is playing London in ten days, something like that. I definitely did think, hmm, if I saw that Roundhouse gig, you know, a month ago, would it be higher? And I will definitely say that there's a very strong chance that Empath will be higher after 
the 12th the 12th of december yeah 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 yeah. but you know you have to do these things at certain times you know but Um, yeah yeah. i mean just a a one-off even in the career of devon townsend yep this album is a one-off um so yeah that's my number 16 fair empath fair brilliant record uh my number 16 is uh one that again i thought people might have forgotten about um i had and then uh, i was like oh god i must go back and listen to that record and realize that it was you know we, we've been moaning about how it's not been a great year for metal really and yeah. i feel like maybe we'd forgotten this record or maybe we hadn't because it's actually for the youtubers right in the middle of the um vinyls on Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve's Radiator. It's uh, Sombra Destiny by Herod, the second album from the Swiss kind of. I think, just to nip in, nip, I don't think we've forgotten about it, but I think lots of people either A, didn't know about it or were unaware of it or have forgotten about it. That may well be true as well. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Um, I think, like, I, I, but, well, but I will confess that I hadn't listened to it for a really long time. And then, like, I don't know, 10 days ago or something like that. Um, whilst compiling this list, I was like, oh, I must listen to that Herod record again. And I'd forgotten how kind of um, almost perfect it is. Um, I think at the time I compared it to Maya by Conjurer in the sense yeah. that it goes into lots of different metal-esque places, but does them all brilliantly. Um, and, you know, there are times when it's really, really fast and frenetic. There's times when it's very gojury. There's times when it's sludgy as fuck. It's almost doomy in places. Mm. It's only seven. Tra- I mean, really, it's seven tracks. It's six songs, really. It's about 42 minutes, but it just feels like a perfect length. Um, every, every When I say perfect, I just kind of mean everything. Every part is perfectly played and like played for the perfect amount of time. You know, I never get bored of it. And then when it goes to the next song, it, it it's it's perfectly balanced in terms of um, the order of the songs as well. You know, yeah. and they just seem to do everything really well. You've got like Reckoning and Silent Truth, which are I mean, Reckoning is one of the best metal songs of the year, in my opinion. It's fucking brilliant. Um, and it's just face melting and like takes the best elements of Conjurer and the best elements of Gajira and just mashes them together and then gives you another component, which is just totally different to that as well. Mm. And then, but then you have these really, really long songs like Don't Speak Last and um, There Will Be Gods, which are just quite long, sort of nine, 10 minute meandering sludgy songs. And, And quite often that 10 minute plus sludgy doom stuff really bores me <laughs> or, or, or uh, rather after a while it really bores me and it never does on this record because i think it's complemented by enough other different stuff yeah you know um and like i didn't know anything about this band at all it was actually in one of our catch-up shows wasn't it yeah. this out of this album i think um and isn't it it's members of the ocean or something i think yeah it's like a side project of some sort by members of the ocean or something along those lines i'll double I check i don't think it was the ocean but I, it might have been someone i can't remember um but i kind of feel like this record has come out in a year where we've kind of bemoaned metal being i mean not dreadful but just not the most interesting genre this mm. year to be totally honest and then i listen to this i'm like fuck this is an outlier because it's a really really good record Mm. like really really good 
Yeah, it's and yeah, at number sixteen in my list, it it it, it is. It, it's it's a fantastic album which yeah i don't think enough people have talked about really mm, i agree i absolutely agree and i'm going to take that ball Renfrey, with my okay. number 15 and i'm going to run with it um because you're right we have said um throughout the year that metal's been not just not good but kind of i think to say that metal's not been good because there's been metal albums that have come out and we go well that's a good metal album but I, I felt like the genre was really starting to stagnate. Well, no, do something new and interesting a couple of years ago. Oh, and then it's and it has kind of stagnated again this year and it's kind of fallen back on its own tropes. And that's when I point at a band like Full of Hell and go, this is what we fucking are crying out for. Yeah. Um, Full of Hell are... I mean, you know, their their last record was in my top twenty um, albums of the year. Then it came out in what two thousand seventeen, uh, trumpeting yeah. ecstasy. Yeah, um, none burning face cover. Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, and you know, I remember thinking that this is a band who have finally managed to do something with grindcore, which isn't just play grindcore, mm-hmm. play the kind of grindcore that we have had established since you know basically Pig Destroyer. Yeah, kind of came along yeah. and went. That's what grindcore sounds like now, and everyone's gone. Oh, okay, cool. And that's what they've done for years and years and years and years. And I think um, a lot of people point to Nails and go, "Well, Nails are the band who kind of changed." Well, actually, I think Full of Hell are a much more interesting band than Nails. I think they're a better band than Nails. I can't disagree. I certainly think they're a more experimental band and I certainly think they're pushing things in a different direction, whereas Nails are just doing a very fucking good version of that grindcore thing. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so, yeah, just a uh, like a, a, another... <laughs> and for another time, um, Full of Hell have come out and released a record which fucks with the sort of the preconceptions and the ideals of you know what it's what it means to be a grindcore band there's a nearly seven minute long song on here yeah which um, is incredible yeah which is amazing they do long passages of noise yeah um they do you know that they slow down for much longer amounts of time than most grindcore bands do but the kicker to that is when they go oh, yeah. full blown, full of hell, grindcore mode, good God, yeah. they are insanely, staggeringly heavy. We were talking about, as well, and, and the way they use sort of their tones and stuff, we were talking about that, um, the song uh, Army of Jewel Tears, where they've got that kind of, that rat that almost sounds like a gun. Sounds like a gun, a machine gun being shot. Yeah. And it's like, and it comes out of the noise track as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and oh, it's just it like out. it's such a sonic battering. Yeah, like it's absolutely just destructive. This record in so many ways, and you know, I I hope they continue to, you know, fuck with the preconceptions and the you know we talked about cattle decapitation last week and. I had said, you know, I think, it's, and and I, I, you know, I that album is great, and a lot of people have sort of tweeted me, going, "Oh, Cat it's the best metal album of the year, right? Best metal album of the year." It's mm. a very good, like, it's a very, very good death metal record, and Cat Decapitation are one of the best death, death metal bands around. Mm. But I would say, if you listen to how far Full of Hell have gone with grindcore, 
and then listen to how far cattle decapitation go with not even just with death metal but just with it from their previous record i think stylistically the leap is smaller and it interests me less than what full of hell do on this because you know there's there appears to be zero boundaries i mean you were talking last week about cattle decapitation you were going it's a big jump for death metal i mean but you know do you but they still seem married to a lot of the tropes from that genre i don't feel like full of hell are married to any of the tropes from the genre that they exist in i agree and yet the intensity level is never compromised on at all yeah and that is just incredibly incredibly exciting isn't a particularly long album uh no it's not but it's like 23 minutes or Mm, something mm. and but they get so much done they get their shit done Mm fucking ace great uh, record you know what um full of hell was in my um albums of the year for, for ages mm. and it had it was knocked to a bubbling under um but listening to you talk about it i have to agree with everything you're saying and i'm a bit like uh mm. yeah they, they are one of the few really really heavy bands actually pushing stuff this year yeah so and I it's good know. to get them in i mean i think there's been yeah i mean Another, again, to like, I know we said we're going to do shout outs at the end, but I was so close to putting an album you didn't really like, the Show Me the Body album. I was so, that that came so close to getting in here. Right. And one of the reasons why it didn't get in this top 20 is I was, as I thought that in terms of getting it just right and being really, really fun, I wanted a prog- exciting, young, kind of progressively minded, extreme sounding band. And I just thought full of hell. I kind of nailed it again. Whereas, and I, look, I really love the Show Me the Body record. I think it's really, really good. But I'm not sure that they quite, and if they carry on doing what they're doing, I think the next record could be astounding. But I'm not quite, I don't quite think they've, they've net leveled it. They've kind of nailed it in the same, with the same level of ferocity as full of hell did. So that's why full of hell are in at number 15. Yeah, absolutely. It's f- fucking phenomenal records, that Full of Hell album. Uh, my number 15 uh, is going to be my last post-rock entry. What? Very off-brand. Unbelievable. Uh, but it's going to be... Uh, You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alan. Uh, but it's uh, We Lost the Sea, Triumph and Disaster, an okay. album that uh, I was obviously very, very enamoured with. Um, released on Holy Raw Records, definitely not a typical Holy Raw Records mm. album at all. Kind of post rock in a, I would say, in a Caspian kind of mold. Um, I don't think it's quite of the quality of Caspian, but I don't think it's miles away. This is like, I feel like this is an enormously diverse record personally i think you had some disagreements about this yeah but I, I wasn't i mean i have to say i've not gone back to it so sure you know. okay but my i mean my argument for this being an incredibly diverse record is that it starts with a sort of black metal-esque tremolo picked part and ends with a song that could easily be on the x factor um yeah <laughs> you can't argue yeah, with that i can't argue that actually why didn't you, <laughs> you say know, that during the review you got me <laughs> yeah we had a we were talking about a lot of stuff that we there was yeah. a band in a box it was very confusing um but you know like and 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 in between all that the, you know tremolo black metal metal part and uh x-factor song um it goes to loads of different places it goes to, it has rock there's country and western sort of stylings in there there's like vocal bits and pieces there's uh like trippy kind of um 
shoegazy bits. There's loads of piano on it. And it's just, it's again, it's another um, instrumental album for the most part. It's one song, which is an instrumental, but it's an instrumental album, which just really affected me emotionally. Um, and there is this whole story that goes with it and it is really cool. And it's almost like a sort of Raymond Briggs-esque type thing. And I think all that stuff is really cool, but I don't think, I didn't feel like you needed that stuff for it to be an emotional kind of mm. journey, if you will. And I think each song, you know, they're really, really long songs, but to me, they didn't feel that long. Um, but they go to like as many places as like, I'd say, an Opeth song from Ghost Reveries goes to or yeah. something like that. If you look at a song like um, Ghost of Edition by Opeth, you know, that has that really, uh, it has the clean intro and then growly bit. And then there's a classic guitar kind of solo bit. And then there's this weird, like, um, tall-esque kind of uh, rhythmic bit. I feel like We Lost the Sea are able to go to all of those different places as well, but also do so in a way that's really cohesive and just works and mm. just just kind of um, matches up really, really beautifully. Um, and, you know, I think it's been sort of like an okay year for instrumental music and post-rock and stuff, but this has been... I think this is quite a significant... Um, quite a significant, like best record of the instrumental ones for my money um and uh from a band who yeah i i like i knew their previous album but that was about it i didn't expect anything like this maybe it was the expectations of or not being not expecting it but yeah mm. I, I just adore this record and i can't get enough of it so right okay good yeah. there you go that was uh we lost the sea that's what they're called, isn't it? That's what they're called. It's uh, called Triumph and Disaster. Number 15, that was for you. Nine, nice. number 14, was a band that I, I didn't even want us to... I don't even think I wanted us to review this because I don't didn't really know hardly anything about this band. Coldplay. Uh, <laughs> yes, Coldplay. <laughs> far more about Coldplay than I wish to know, to be honest. Um, Panorama by La Dispute. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not a fan of La Dispute. Um but uh, and I was a bit like, ah, do people really care about this band that much anymore? I'm not really sure. And I was a bit like, oh well, you know, we'll see how it, how it is. We'll see what it's like. My first listen to this record, I remember sitting on that sofa over there listening to it and being a bit like, ah, oh, you know, it's kind of what I expected it to be. It's post hard. It's that. It's that kind of school of, you know, two share more post-hardcore do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um that's what it is mm-hmm. but it definitely has similarities yeah yep definitely does and you know that that kind of very emotionally open um post-hardcore and i was like all right fine cool yeah you know i quite like this sort of stuff it's probably all right um but the more that i started to listen to it and it's funny because if you remember when we reviewed it i wasn't aware that it was a conceptual record about death about murders yeah street where um people have been killed being killed i don't think it's murders necessarily is it mm, people mm, have yeah, died, yeah, um, died yeah. in this this area and it's yeah. all the different stories the stories of the people who have died in this one particular area and yeah. it's like a car journey going yes. through those the, yes. you know kind of going past those people and you can actually do them. the car journey i believe and to the record right okay and um so i i didn't know any of that but as the more and more I listen to it, the more that feeling, that sense of that started to come through. And I think if you get 
that feeling. I mean, again, this is a very, this feels like a kind of almost like a, I mean, I mentioned two show more and it feels like a kind of, it could be a kind of broader companion piece to stage four. Uh, yeah, totally. And, you know, I, I fucking really, really love that record. Um, and so anything that reminds me of that, I'm, I'm obviously going to love. And I had a similar thing with stage. I think I said it before, you know, I had my review ready for Metal Hammer as I was listening to it and I was about to send it and I thought, hold on, I feel like I'm missing something here. And then I kind of went and read up on what the album was about and I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. And there was something in my head that I hadn't mentioned. I would have been really pissed off if I'd have reviewed it yeah. without knowing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so knowing that, once we'd spoken about the record, enhanced it for me even more. And I just think it's it's got some incredibly harsh sounding yet tender moments on this record it's got some really some really brilliantly brutal parts that feel like really kind of respectful to uh -huh. the memories of the of these people whether they be i mean i'm i'm still not really sure if they're real people if they're fictional or kind of what i think they're kind of a lot of it's imagined isn't it i think a lot of it is kind of imagined um remember stories yeah uh, rather than i think it, I, I think there's kind of from what i understand about it there's a sort of semblance of it being about real people but not necessarily their real actual stories if that makes any kind of sense okay um but i think that's a very very difficult thing to be able to pull off when you're a, a punk band essentially and being someone who you know i never really listened to live dispute i listened to a couple of songs I've never listened to an album. Um, and it's ended up being number 14 yeah. on a very, very difficult year yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to get anywhere yeah. near my top 20. And when you get to the end and you go, oh my God, that, that wasn't in there and that wasn't in there and that wasn't in there. You know, it's a hard, hard year to get into the top 20. And this is coming at number 14. Um, I think this record's really quite something special. In a in a lot of ways, it it's I I find it very very moving a record, um, and but but on top of that, I think it's it's brilliantly done as well. The songs are great, the passion that you know like that those bands sort of live and die. The band like Thursday, as good as their music was, they kind of live and die on the vocal performance of Jeff Rickley. Do you know what I mean? That that, yeah. that plays such a huge part of those bands crossing over mm -hmm. and um i think the vocal performance on this is amazing like absolutely amazing it's one of the best uh yeah it's one of the best kind of vocal performances on a record this year i think and there will there will be some really good ones coming up but mm. i would put this uh like in the same weight category as the very very best of them mm. so um yeah really good record this really really good record and a very unique record from that you don't get records like this come across come about very much especially in like quote-unquote punk rock so yeah um it really staggered me this record as well because i uh, am not a lad dispute fan either really i've always kind of thought that i would be because again thursday touche amore you know yeah. they're kind of in that same sort of family and i like both those bands but um, for whatever reason, I like. I think "Rooms of Your House" is the one which people kind of point to as like the right. classic. And I, uh, I listened to that, and then I listened to another one, and I just, I just wasn't getting it. I just didn't, wasn't into it at all. 
Um, and I, yeah, I did suggest we do it, but just as a kind of, I feel, feel like we should have covered it, you know? Yeah. And I was really pleasantly surprised at how much I adored the record. The only reason it's not in mine is because I haven't, um, it stayed with me for a few months and then it kind of drifted away and I went back to it and I was like, this is obviously very, very good, but I, I, I just admire it massively, but I think yeah. it's a brilliant record and should record. be talked about. And mm. It is, it is going to be one of those records which people don't talk about very often because it's just like the, you know, fifth or sixth album in a band's discography, but um, it is excellent. Yeah. It's a yeah, fantastic, it's really fantastic record. Um, my number 14 is uh we covered this on a catch-up um just a couple of weeks ago is the second album for canadian post-black metalers numenorian ah good adore um i've just you know i've confessed quite a lot on the show that i'm not like a massive black metal guy i dip my toe in from time to time um and i don't want to like say the wrong thing here or anything like that but there's a lot of black metal so rarely makes me feel kind of emotional and when i say emotional i mean like almost almost upset i suppose or makes me teary you know um but this record somehow manages to hit a nerve that uh the most beautiful kind of nick cave records could hit mm -hmm. for example um particularly in the in the sort of slower moments but you know also in the sort of faster more black metal orientated moments as well and there's so they, i think you said in the review actually that there's like as much of the cure in this as there is say i can't remember what the black metal band you said but maybe dark throne or something like that maybe dark throne's a bad example i don't mm -hmm. know but you know that it it's uh doesn't feel like a cult uh, no. black metal album no, at no. all. Um, but then I don't feel like that's the kind of thing that, well, you like a little bit of that kind of stuff. I very rarely go to that kind of true black metal kind of stuff. But um, it's just a very kind of, it feels very, very progressive. It feels like it could go, you know, it, it, at one moment it's blast beats and all screams and all up in your face. And then the next it's like, an acoustic guitar with a beautiful cure-esque delayed guitar line over the top, yeah. you know, and it goes to so many places and it's so um, vulnerable in places. I can't think of many, again, I'm not an expert in the field, but I don't know many black metal albums, which will be this vulnerable. Yeah. When you've got a song like stay, which is just a really simple, like almost lullaby kind of song. And it's just stay with me one one more night kind of thing that's the lyric hook for it i mean jonah matranga has done lyric hooks like that yeah we've described described jonah affectionately as a man who is constantly crying um you know or rather you have yeah he looks like he's on the verge of tears all the time yeah yeah i did but you know but like and that is affectionate but like i think it, it, that has it has the same kind of level of emotion for me this Newman uh, Numenorian record I've been tried been pressing so hard for the Numenorian <laughs> I haven't even attempted to say it um, um, but I agree like I, I, I this is one of the ones that I think it came in a little bit too late for me to get yeah yeah we well annoyingly it came out in April but we missed it and then mm. we did it on the catch up mm. but yeah yeah or it came in too late to my ears as yes. I should have said yeah, yeah. but yeah um, 
Yeah, I agree. Like fucking great. Same with Smash, really. Like I was debating about because uh, again, you know, we kind of talked about oh, it's not really been a great year for metal, and then yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know this has happened, and also I mean we didn't do it, but the the blood incantation record that everyone's been banging on about. Yeah, a lot of people are banging on about that, yeah. and I'm totally not sure missed that. Fussed about it, to be honest. No, well, we'll see. Good. It's really good. I should yeah. listen to it though. Yeah. Oh, did you? I I, I should listen to it. Oh, you should. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did listen to it. Yeah, it's 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 well good. Okay. Um, but again, just sort of a bit too. I, I feel like a lot of the kind of good, real shit or heavy stuff kind of came into my ears quite late on a day. Like I thought, you know, I, I was up to kind of yesterday. I was still like. Oh, that Smash album, I think, is going to make it in there. I think it is going to make it in there, and it just didn't quite get mm. in there, which makes me think it's not quite as good as the Satanist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of flack from people about that, so thanks very yeah, much, guys. Well, um, I think absurd what, thing to say. Do you know what I think I should have said in that review? <laughs> is maybe it's that whole kind of like what is better and what you personally prefer. I think I personally yeah. prefer that Smash record to the oh, Satanist. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, really good. and this record that you've just been talking about which i'm yeah. not going to try and pronounce at all fucking, Numenorian. uh is really really good as well yeah um it's yeah. it's just like the the interludes in it you know like like that stay song they feel like essential parts of the record they're mm. not just uh if you took them out the record would be significantly worsened yeah and i don't think that's it's so rarely the case with um, interludes in albums and stuff, and and I I just think I think it's a wonderful record. The Smash one was a fucking hard one to not put in, um, but because uh, I I came out of that catch up show kind of saying that both were kind of like on an equal sort of footing, um, but I just found myself listening to this more than I did the Smash record. Yeah, I do you know I've actually found myself listening to the Smash record more than I have li- this. Oh, interesting. Um, but I do think this is great. Yeah, I think they're really both good. brilliant. Really, both really. amazing really both very good all right my number 13 um uh, uh um sometimes an album comes along and it just comes along at absolutely the right time and again both kind of personally and i think for the show because we had been speaking a lot about more indie music when this record came out and we'd been pretty sort of ho-hum about the majority of the indie bands that we talked about, particularly the newer ones, 1975 being sort of one of the more obvious examples. You know, I hadn't really liked the Bon Iver we'd spoken about. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I think we should cover the National. But I didn't necessarily think I was going to love it. I was hoping, you know, I'd go, yeah, we should cover the National. I think they're meant to be pretty good. Um, I've since gone back to much of their back catalogue. Boxer, which is one that I know people fucking rave about, is great. You know, they've done some really good albums. And it feels like people haven't been that mad on I'm Easy to Find. Maybe it's just because I've... Maybe it's just because it's the first one that I've really heard. Or maybe it's just because there's so much of this which is about uh, the journey of a life Mm. and the ups and downs that that you know that that journey takes um and maybe because i've been thinking a lot about this year i spent a lot of time thinking about my childhood and my upbringing and my and those sort of things to be honest um that that's why i keep going back to this record um but ultimately <laughs> it's a fucking 
incredible record and it felt like a record that the, that the show needed and that like me personally i really felt like i needed a record which was this kind of subdued and it's not a simple record by any stretch nope. of imagination it's not a simple record um in terms of composition or structurally or performance wise at all but it feels very simple and it feels very real and elegant and beautiful and moving and heartfelt and it says some really touching beautiful heartbreaking things in it and it's uh it's been really you know it's, i i go to this record a lot if i feel if i'm feeling sad i feel like i go and i listen to this record a lot and um and it's kind of it's got that same thing as someone like leonard cohen has that it's kind of comforting in it's, it's kind melancholy. of melancholy yeah. yeah exactly that and I just feel like this is, you know, it's not a short record, is it? It's what, 16, 63 minutes. 63 minutes, 16 tracks. But it. Most of them are actual tracks as well. And there's one or two interludes. Yeah, there's but, a couple of little interludes, but most of them are, you know, are tracks. But something like Not in Kansas, I mean, Not in Kansas is the absolute high point of this record for me. I think it's just so amazing a song. And. Um, and I get well teary when I listen to it as well. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful record. And um, it might have been higher in my top 20. And now I'm almost thinking like it kind of is, may possibly deserves to be a bit higher up. But um, it feels like a treat, this album. It feels like it's... Mm. Uh, some albums sort of change the molecules in the room. Mm -hmm and changes the mood of the room and mm -hmm. some records you need to be in the right frame of mind mm -hmm. yep. to listen to that and i feel like this for me is the latter of that whereas okay. when i sit down and listen to it i need to really want to listen to it um which is maybe why it's not as high up but i do think it's it's absolutely brilliant everything from here on in this is the point i think where this this switches from being a really really like some really really great records to just like proper incredible music from now on this is the sort of and this is like this is the turning point i think so yeah that's uh i am easy to find by the national my number 13 quick uh <coughs> deviation it's not quite the word but um compared to the nationals previous records that you've been going in on now yeah. um do you feel is it your personal favorite national record i think it is and that's probably just because it's the first one that i've heard mm. yes i don't really have uh, uh, like i said there's not going to be there's uh, there's a personal relationship with records that people have yes. in and uh, you know like i said I, I heard this at a time when i probably needed to hear something like this yep. both kind of like i say personally and professionally so yeah um uh, it's my it's my favorite for sure but i've not heard all of them yet I mean, i've know, not heard all of them it. either um i have gone back to a few records I, I feel like with the national you really need to go in on them you need to give them some a good few listens so boxer is a big yeah. one i've gone back on and alligator and uh oh hi violet right. um, yeah, yeah, and um cool. you know i like them all i like them all but uh none of them have uh 
got their claws into me like this one has. Mm. Mm. Something to talk about next week. Uh, <laughs> my number 13 is... Uh, oh, we're showing the total breadth of this show. Car bomb, Mordial. Right, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, interesting that you had a slight ri- uh, uh, raised eyebrow thing there because when we reviewed the show, we were like, well, this is, this album is like, this is the best metal album of the year, right? Yeah. Um, I broadly agree with that statement there's one or two metal albums to come later on um and i don't know it's just the sort of the way that i I was a bit like 13 is that right i'm not sure um but i was i was actually listening to it again today and i think it's by far and away the most exciting thing to happen in technical music yeah this year might be the most exciting thing to happen in heavy music this year maybe mm-hmm. okay um, you can't ask me yet <laughs> um and i think it's very sort of i don't think it'd be obvious without having listened to it but once i heard that um greg kabaki who's been on the show before um he uh he did the majority of the writing on the record and he started writing it whilst they were touring with Gajira around europe in for like two months and I'm sure he said this on the review, but that whole idea of kind of trying to get hooky elements into extreme music and really extreme music, you, you know, you can see how watching a band like Ajira every night or every other night would have um, sort of slipped its way by osmosis into the writing of this album. Yeah. To be super clear, this album does not sound like a Gajira record. No, I don't think so. Um, that, you know, you can call them both tech metal bands but i think this goes to show how how broad a genre tech metal can be yeah for sure yeah, <laughs> i mean yeah. most of the time it fucking isn't but it can be really broad if you want it to be um and i think this this record is surprisingly broad and yeah. from from a band who i have always had a massive amount of admiration for because they're one of those bands who I listen to and my jaw hits the floor and and certainly as a kind of musician I'm like how the fuck are you doing that I I have no idea what you're doing in a guitar hero way in the way that like people didn't know how the hell Tom Morello was making the noises that he was making out of his guitar Mm. there's a lot of that on this record yes Tom Morello (laughs) he of Rage Against the Machine Mm. um and it really is absolutely stunning but I think the you know, we said it before, but the 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 journey of this record is brilliant. Um, in that it keeps your interest for pretty much the entire journey, the entire forty-seven minutes. Which, when we're talking about music this extreme and this difficult to get a grasp on, is very, 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 very hard to do. Yeah. Um, and it's astonishing how palatable and catchy Carbom have managed to make some of the most brutally incisive technically difficult music of the year and yet i think personally i don't know why i count decapitation are kind of becoming our our whipping boys at the moment and well, that's no, harsh i don't want that to happen well no that is okay um <laughs> this this has more this has more hooks on it and more bits on it that i can recall to mind than say the nile record yeah but I think the Nile record's not as heavy, you know, and I think that they've managed to kind of 
do that in a really startling and amazing way. Mm. Um, I don't know how many tech milkies you've been to this year as well, but there's this thing that started. I haven't really talked about it on the show. It's actually quite irritating. And I'm wondering if it is a car bomb thing where people kind of make this noise have you encountered this at all no in the crowd it's fucking annoying um but for some reason it started happening but then when it happened um when I, i've seen carbon a couple of times this year and i noticed it happening a lot with that and i was wondering if it was to do with the laser bit as yeah. we have termed it in dissect yourself that pew, 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 bit. Yeah. i don't know it? i don't know if that's the case or not but i noticed it at tesseract i noticed it at Euroblast. i noticed it at um oh, the strip club one uh <laughs> you know i noticed it at all these for some reason i've been to a lot of tech metal shows this year and it seems to have started a thing a thing has started in the crowd and I, I believe it's to do with carbon. I don't know if anyone has any information on that and I'm wrong, then please let me know. But it seems to really ramp up when carbon come on during the Euroblast set. It was ridiculous. Right. Just an aside. Okay, good. Well, <laughs> probably talk about carbon another day. Uh, <clears throat> that's Mordial by carbon. Your number 13, Renfrey. Right. My number 12. Okay. Um, now, this year has i'd say it's been the year and this is i've been thinking to myself i usually like some pretty kind of straightforward meat and potatoes like what i call thug metal like car bomb i wouldn't call a kind of thuggy metal band full of hell i wouldn't call them a sort of thuggy metal band but you know something like thy art is murder who a band that i bring up a lot because i like them i really really like them um their album came out i thought this is really good and i have gone back to it i do like them i like thy art is murder you know there's been a lot of that stuff that has kind of come out that I've just not been bothered about at all. Mm-hmm. And usually someone like, I don't know, Bury Tomorrow or Hatebreed or whatever, I would be in on that. I'd be like, oh, that's really good. And I'm sure there's a bunch of that stuff that's come out. Like, you know, I was very positive about the Heart of a Coward record. Not really gone back to it very much, if at all. Um, and I was sort of thinking, I wonder if I'm just getting too old and going off that stuff. Or is it something else? I think it's something else. And this is what I think it is. I think it's employed to serve fault. <laughs> Because I think basically what Employed to Serve have done with Eternal Forward Motion, which is my number 12, by the way, is they've just made a record which is so much better than any of those other bands that the bar has been raised to a point where you now, the stuff that sounded all right to me before, now sounds shit. Mm. I, uh, I need to interject very quickly just to say that uh, Eternal Forward Motion is by number 12 as well. Okay, so, well, let's do uh, it together. Keep, keep, keep going because you mm. seem to be on a roll, but, but well, I will yeah, be but we interjecting can, more. We can, we can do it together. Yeah, yeah. So um, we compared it to Far Beyond Driven by Pantera. Certainly did. Uh, and I don't think that that comparison is um, now seems like a far-fetched, silly thing to have said. No, and, and it was a very... Um, quite a bold thing bold to say, thing to say at yeah, the time yeah, because, but like know. no i think i think it's been proved mm. um from the the live shows which have been absolutely chaotic and like you know again like pup when seeing the live shows these songs have just slotted straight in and are often the highlights of the show mm. um yes this record is i mean for uh it's interesting that you put it in with the meeting meet, in, meet 
Well, they're currently on tour with Barry Tomorrow. Well, that's yeah. I'm well. I, I I'm not necessarily saying you're wrong. I've just never considered them as that because obviously think, that's very off-brand for me. <laughs> well, it's also because they didn't start as one of those bands. At yeah, all. yeah. But as yeah. time has progressed, you have to start going. Well, you know, I guess they could play with Partway Drive. I get not. You know, yeah. again, with absolutely no. You know, part, I picked Partway Drive because they are the biggest one of those. Yeah, bands. yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. they could play Partway Drive. They could play with Kill Switch Engage. They could play with maybe i prevail might be a little bit of a fucking reach but you know they probably could you know what i mean but they play with bring me the horizon in the in the summer there certainly is a simplicity to these riffs which just knuckles straight into your brain and mm. and just it, it you just cannot help but move to them or whatever i mean i think it helps that every single song on this record is fucking golden yeah every single song is absolutely brilliant um this i mean this is more of an indicator of how um, not very good the first sort of four months of the year were. But this album, quite interestingly, was my number one of the year from January to April. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much, yeah. And and yeah. the year was sort of starting because I, I, was, I was very lucky to get it very early because I did some press stuff for them. And um, I was kind of sitting around going is nothing going to be that employed records you know like uh, and uh, you know obviously uh, I, I feel like 11 albums have yeah. but there's just something about I, I think i think yeah i do understand the meat and potatoes thing but then at the same time they do have these sort of deftone-esque flourishes that they open i mean i think we said at the time that the second half of the record is better than the first half of the record not that the first half of the record is bad because it's fucking brilliant yeah, i'm i'm not even sure if that's true anymore i mean as, not, I've okay. had, as i've had it for the year i'm now looking at i mean looking at it now beneath it all harsh truth sawtooth yeah. twin i mean the title track that opens it yeah it's just i mean uh, better mm. Uh, well it's the more experimental half yes of the i think that yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah maybe i prefer more it. yeah you prefer it more mm. experimental but i think actually maybe sort of when, when you say about knuckling right deep into your fucking skull and it'd be like they can do that yeah as well as anyone and yeah, that isn't an easy you know it's again what we said about ginger and what we said about bob mold and about nervous about you know writing really good it's not easy no. writing really good songs it's not easy to write incredibly like just instantaneous yet crushing metal that's not that's not an easy thing to do especially if it, it was like it's all been done before as well exactly yeah and, and if it was everyone everybody would be, would be doing it and they're not um and that's why i think employed to serve stand out so much and yeah like you say when you get to like ode zero towards the end of the record yeah, like phew, i mean it's just is it reality filters one of the ones towards the end as well that's a fucking amazing song I think my favourite song still remains, and you didn't feel this when we were doing the review, but um, the last song on the record, which is, you know, totally not typical of mm. Employed to Serve, mm. but it just excites me because it makes me go, oh, brilliant, you can do that as well, and you could potentially go in that direction or some something somewhere along those lines. I remember describing it um as a minerva type song as yeah. in as in deftones minerva which is very high praise because minerva is one of the best songs um but um i think that's really really exciting in a record which let's face it and i don't necessarily mean this as a slight but it wasn't a massive sort of stylistic jump from warmth of a dying sun to this record no Feels no i just feel like the intensity and, and almost dare i say it 
the I don't need simplicity, but the instantaneous nature of it. Yeah. That has increased. Well, I would call it a refinement. Yeah. And uh, again, yeah. again, I believe I use the analogy of warmth of a dying sun feels like ride the lightning to this master of puppets. Mm. You know, um, there isn't a massive stylistic difference between ride the lightning and master of puppets, really. Yeah. But master of puppets for me shades it because it's just all everything about ride the lightning, but just a shade better. I feel um do you it's agree a different with... conversation but yeah oh, yeah no sure i mean it is it is but but yeah. i think that's how a lot of people would view oh, yeah, it but... i think the majority yeah that it, it works as an analogy because yeah. most people think that um ride the know, lightning has definitely has its fans oh, yeah, like sure. fuck me it has mm. its fans and it's a and it's a brilliant record and warmth of the dying sun's a brilliant record mm. um but that's why i see it as that analogy but do you do you um agree with that do you understand what you understand i understand it, it. i mean i actually think i feel like there's I, I i feel like there's plenty more gas in the tank for what they do in the first sort of six songs of the record right okay. I, I actually do if they came back I'm not saying they should, but were they to come back and write 10 more of them mm. and then I, I I would probably go, yeah, you're allowed to write one that kind of sounds like the last one because if they're going to be this good, you know, why not? I mean, I don't think they will do that and I hope no. they don't do that. Yeah. But were, and, and, you know, I think they're probably too good to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but were they, to, but they've got to a point where, where I'm like, you got me. The gloves are off. Yeah, they can do anything. Now. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's really fucking exciting. exciting you know? Yeah, yeah. That's really, really fucking exciting. Um, yeah, so there you go. Employed to serve's internal forward motion is both Renfrey and I's uh, number 12. So I guess that just leaves me to do my number 11 and then you do your number 11 and then we'll go home. Um, I am home. <laughs> <laughs> You're always wanting to finish this as quickly as you possibly can, aren't you? particularly i was just it was like i'm just saying we're, we're nearly finished with what I was saying. um <laughs> a very roundabout way it's usually me so when it comes to um again catchy shit which is tended to be a lot of which um a lot of what i've i've brought in this sort of first half of the don't worry next week it gets much gnarlier i feel like there's only been a couple of like gnarlers in this uh in in this list of mine but um Hello Exile by the Mendingers is my number 11, which is, I would say, probably the high point of that particular brand of um, heart on sleeve, simple yet incredibly effective rock music that we've we've had from this year. There has been. I would agree. Yeah, there has been. Um, we've made well, we've, we've done them all. Pup, Nervous, Bob Mould, Wild Arts, um, uh, the what are they called would you put cult dreams in there cult dreams yeah probably uh even um the damn things puppy you know yep. there's been a there's been a lot of records from those type of bands that have that i've really really liked many of which been have been some brilliant. great bands yeah. like bellevue days albums bellevue really days, really good yeah. as well but um and hold the hold steady the whole steady album we mm -hmm. you know it was it was a good hold steady album i think yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the has continued to be the band to beat yep. and hello exile Whilst I think maybe I still might possibly prefer the previous record, which I know you're going to like go, nah, because it's not your favourite at all. Um, after the party, I think. Well, I I'm going to be very, very quiet at the moment, but yeah, okay. that's what I would say. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe after the party, for me, I just would nip it, like pip it by 
a photo finish. I think it'd be a photo finish. I think Hello Exile is just another absolutely barnstormingly brilliant record. There's so much to love about it. Anna is amazing. High school friend. I was getting fucked up with my high school friend. That is now tattooed on the inside of my skull not yeah. literally um that would be impossible it makes me want to weep yeah drunk. strangers <laughs> forever is a beautiful yeah. like kind of breakup song really i said in the review that that was a song that hasn't really um it didn't really stand out for me now i'm now i think that's absolutely yeah. bonkers so great so great um uh, i can't stop drinking is <laughs> you know renfrey's theme tune <laughs> <laughs> and um maybe the best opening song of any album of the year mm. america you're freaking me out what an absolutely unbelievable song that is so great i mean we said it all in the review and i don't really know what else to say about the men thing as i haven't said hundred thousand times before uh over the last sort of three or four years they're just significantly better at writing songs that that are half bruce springsteen and half i don't know rancid <laughs> um and music like this is is jo- like is joyous you must be dead inside you must be so soulless and dead and lacking in empathy and emotion and emotional intelligence to not like the menzingers how dare you how fucking dare you <laughs> uh, <laughs> i agree yeah uh i'm sure they'll be coming up next week so who knows maybe but if not um i've just insulted anyone who doesn't like them (laughs) so (laughs) that let that be their their epitaph oh i'll insult people who don't like them next week as well that's fine uh so go on and see us out what's your number 11 this is going to be really nicely bookended this show because my number 11 is golden gray by baroness ah very nice there we go uh god what can i say about it that um you haven't said about it i pretty much agree with everything you said um except it's you know nine places too low uh (laughs) um people have moaned about the production which we didn't talk about at all in our review because i don't think either of us really spotted it or were bothered about it Mm. um i have to say i'm still not bothered about it i feel like they went with the producer it's david friedman isn't it yeah off the top of my head who also did purple Mm -hmm. he's very much known for his uh psychedelic kind of things and i think that is broadly the record that they've gone for and it works with the tunes that they've done i call it broadly a psychedelic record because this record is a million fucking things at once isn't it Mm. it's it's absolutely it's not i mean if it weren't for yellow and green we'd be talking about the most expansive and most broad sort of record of baroness's career um but, you know, very few bands put out an album like Yellow and Green. <laughs> um, so, and I think compared to, can we even call Baroness a metal band anymore? I mean, I think we should call, I think we should call Baroness a metal band because if we, because if we do call them a metal band, then that is one more exciting metal band that's in the crowd. Uh, I feel very <laughs> uncomfortable calling them a Do like, you? Well, you know, like they were one of the, t- I said 10 of the, 10 of the bands from my Metal Hammer um you know, the Wild Hearts were another one. Wild Hearts, Baroness, both got in. Um, I mean, I mean, Golden Grey will feature in the Metal Hammer list. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah, 
Um, but they're not. Neither of those bands are metal bands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think in the Wild Arts are probably more a metal band than Baroness at this point. Steady on. Uh, well, I'm not sure about that. But um, but AC DC are metal. But oh, fucking hell, yeah, 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 metal blah, 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 blah. Doesn't Come matter. Um, definitely agree with what you were saying. There's that amazing run between sort of tourniquet i think it is and then it goes into uh i'd do anything just think is absolutely brilliant i mean this is i said it at the time but this is their kind of dark side of the moon yeah or their francis the mute um but unlike both of those records and please don't throw anything at me because particularly for the dark side of the moon but i think they i think there's no self-indulgence to this album unlike Francis the Mute, which is a record I love, by the way. Yeah, there's a bit of self that. I think there's a bit of... Yeah, well. probably. Um, but I, they've managed to kind Still of... Still good, though. Yeah, no, hey. Chill out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying there's some self-indulgence in it. And like, it seems to have been kind of, historically, these kind of expansive, proggy albums have had a lot of self-indulgence in them. And it's really nice to see a band like Baroness who just do away with that in my opinion mm. it feels like you know this is 17 tracks long it's uh 60 it's definitely 63 minutes or something along those lines yeah i don't know what i'd cut out of it i, I, mean, I, cut it out of I it. don't want to cut out of it anything out of it i, I like it being that long yeah I, I like it being that long i like it being expansive and actually funnily enough um you're saying how purple is one of your one of your favorite baroness records purple is actually my least favorite because yeah, yeah, yeah. it feels too slight mm. um i think it has some of the best baroness moments on it chlorine and wine you can't fuck with shock me you certainly can't fuck with shock me um but um every time it ends i want more which is you know, debatably a good thing but golden gray feels more of a you know three course meal and yeah. and I never feel sated with purple. I think it's a definitely a for me. It's the correct thing for Baroness's career to have made this record. This is something I didn't say when I was talking about it earlier. Yeah, yeah because I I get what you mean about purple. I think after um, yellow and green, they decided a bit like I think I said this in the review. A bit like Mastodon doing the Hunter after Crack the Sky. Yeah, 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 you yeah. Know, and and I. Sometimes, you know, you don't have, although you want to get lost in a record, sometimes you don't have, um, you know, an entire hour, 90 minutes to sit down and actually listen to a record. Like, I don't want to listen to Baroness on the hop. Do you know what I mean? No. I, I want to listen to them when I'm ready to listen to them. And the good thing about Purple is, is I do actually think you can pick bits out of it. Yes. I think that's one of, the, one of its strengths, actually. That's fair. That's yeah. totally fair. Yeah. So uh, I think it was a sort of it was an intelligent decision to make purple off the back of such a you know a, a broad and um, challenging record a, a and double then, album yeah we forget, and yeah. well as is this and then to kind of come back yeah I think it, I think it is con- well it it is a double album. conceptually it's meant to be I mean yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know uh, one thing I will say is I don't know where the split's meant to be have you got a vinyl uh, no I don't okay because that will tell you. So have a stuff. little look after we finished. Um, so yeah, I, I don't do it now, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, to kind of to come back with something which I think, again, is very different from what they've just done is it's what good bands do, isn't it? That's that is what good bands do. You know what? That's it. Abs- yeah, absolutely correct. E- even though I 
even though Purple probably is my least favourite personally, I think you're absolutely right. It was exactly the, the right move, which is why I can't really uh, have, a, have a go at them for doing that. It's got some bloody phenomenal songs on it. I, don't I mean, Purple them. is worth it for Shock Me alone. And it's also got chlorine and wine on it. And if the rain, uh, the, 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 the rain song, the rain song, yeah. um, <laughs> not the Led Zeppelin rain song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's another brilliant, brilliant album by Baroness, a band who are five for five, I would say. We were, you know, you said in your part at the top of the show, Blue Album's probably your least, least favourite. favourite, I reckon. Yeah. Phenomenal record. But it's very good, yeah. Be an eight out of ten for me, Blue Record. Yeah, that's good. It's very good. That's more than uh, a lot of bands would get yeah. out of me. Purple yeah. would be an eight out of ten as well, I think. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Right, there you go. Well, thanks very much for tuning in. Um, Go over to musicism.net. There are good friends and they will uh, supply you with great courses on how to maybe one day get into this list, get into the second part of this list. If you're a member of the National or if you're Devon Townsend or if you're in Baroness, you're thinking, oh, what? I only got into the the top 20. I want to get into the top 10. Well, musicism.net. And then you can (laughs) even go uh, into the checkout, put Riot in capital letters, and you'll get 25% off. Um, remember to go and get a ticket for our live show, which is happening on Monday at the Oxford House, Oxford House, Bethnal, House Green. Bethnal Green. We'll put a link up. We've got some guests coming down. We'll do some Christmassy stuff. It'll be a right laugh. Next week, numbers 10 to 1, Renfrey. That's right. Big shit. That's how these lists work. Yeah, it is. It is. And um, there are some... Very, very good records that we're going to be talking about next week. Of that, I have no doubt. But enough about the Weezer album and what other shit did you like? That I thought it was fucking awful. I can't remember. Anyway. Something <laughs> post-rocky, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. See you later. <laughs>